You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. So, here we are. Fuck. Uh, um, we're mandatorily locked down. You guys are okay because uh, you can have up to six uh, non-related people in a gathering. <laughs> I don't know what's okay or not. You get so much info. Like, I love social media and I hate social media. There's so much info getting flown around. And I get it. I'd like to think all yeah. these people are trying to help. But you're just throwing around garbage. There's a reason I haven't posted like a bunch of stuff. It's uh, not because I'm not trying to help. It's because I want to be correct. I don't want to be incorrect and mislead yeah. people. And so other people are just tuck your little doctor coats away. Someone tweeted something funny saying like, you know, three months ago, everyone was like a, a gun expert. And then now all of a sudden everyone's a fucking doctor. Yeah, everybody's like, an epidemiologist. Yeah, yeah. just chill. The, the other issue though, also, and I like, we'll, won't get political because we're going elsewhere with this, but um, the mixed messages from, from different governing bodies. Yeah. Right. We have. Uh, I'm trying to watch three different people speak. We got our governor. Yeah. We got our our, our mayor. Yeah. And then and then we got our president and his crew, and they're all saying similar things with way different tones. Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh man, I don't know what's going on. I think finally there's a consensus and everything just shut down. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's governor. I I don't think the country has yet, but no. our governor and our mayor within a day both said similar things. Yeah, no, we're at the point where I think it's only two states that are completely shut down. And oh, really? One of them is not New York, and there are a lot of uh, cases Yeah, in I saw that. I, uh, Ohio? Um, I know Ohio was talking real strict for a second. They're talking about it, yeah. I'm not, I, I can't remember which other Washington, state it is. Washington, maybe? Um, I think Washington. Washington's bad, too. Washington's bad, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that's where we are. I've been playing a lot of video games. My eyes are burning. <laughs> from, from staring at screens? Two 10-hour streams. Ooh, my. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot. Shout out to Kyle for hanging in there. He did the whole thing with me. Oh, did he? Is, are there more people watching right now? Or uh, Not as much as I would think. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying, like, uh, a couple people are here local, um, and they're working, either from home or a spot. And this was over the last two or three days. Oh, but, okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what people are doing. I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of home workouts going on. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I looked at Google Maps this morning. Oh, yeah. I saw your post. Yeah, that was uh, insane. San Francisco. Here or whatever, but San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. There's like between here and San Francisco and in San Francisco, none of the roads are red on Google yeah, Maps. That's like, insane. That's that's saying something. Uh, so another insane thing, uh, Star. one of the Starbucks uh, near here was closed. Oh. Drive-through. Oh, drive-through closed. Drive-through. Yeah, no, they had a they had somebody test positive. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had somebody test. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Like Sean Here's Payton, the the coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints, a bunch of Lakers. I think were getting tested. They saw some Lakers had it. You know what's crazy is I saw I, there was a post from the Athletic saying that um, that two Lakers had tested positive, and then you go to the to the website, and then that thing is gone, and the alert went away. Yeah, like, I don't know, oh, man. Yeah, oh, I don't know, huh. man. Was that was that premature, or yeah. did they just not want to? Excuse me. Talk about it. Yeah, or did or... someone else tell him to chill. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I, you know, I on the last episode I talked about the fact that I threw up uh, the old uh, DVDs from two thousand seven, yeah, yeah. two thousand eight on my um, 
my YouTube, and they've had about 500 views a piece, considering that one of them is over two hours and the other one was an hour and a half. I don't think that's too bad. Yeah, that's a really. long, that's a Netflix stream. It's a Netflix stream, yeah, for sure. So, uh, my Hulu to the was watching. My Hulu was acting up last night. I wondered if it was from traffic. Because um, my, my internet's been fine, but it was like there was like it was like um like staticky TV from the '90s was happening on my Hulu, which I've never had. Oh, I I understand that Netflix and Hulu in in Europe have reduced the quality of streams because so many people are at home watching. That's interesting. So they went from you know 4K yeah. to HD or HD to yeah, SD the, or something. Yeah, or yeah. the nine, 980. Most people <clears throat> won't notice, but it's weird, man. Everyone, t- it's just a weird. Um, one of the weird it's like hit me harder over the last couple of days the more i've thought about it and obviously been alone and not not that it's really changed my lifestyle but it's going to affect all of us financially yep. um but the 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 fact that you can talk to anyone from anywhere and we have the same shit going on oh yeah that's like kind of sure. beautiful and dark way um <laughs> because it's never been like that right right like if you and i are really into podcasting and now i'm talking to someone randomly most of most of my interactions are on the internet so instagram or <laughs> or, or twitch or whatever right. um but they're in the uk or they're in denmark or my buddies in belgium and you know like literally they're going through the exact same thing yeah no um, which normally it's just it's we're in our own little bubbles and we still are but there are some places I've talked to people who are in rural areas where they, they just don't have much of anything going on. Um, I watched a whole video yesterday from Barstool Sports. One of their um, one of their writers um, has been sick for several days and went through the recorded the whole process of getting tested. It was like a drive through test. Interesting. And it essentially sit in the car for two hours yeah. because like his appointment was at seven and they didn't start taking people in until nine. And so like, just like sitting in the car and yeah, oh, really weird stuff. Shout out to my buddy Mason, who I uh, grew up with. I'm scrolling through, I don't know what, like Twitter, I think. And there's a CNN video and I see a kid's face and I'm like, who the fuck? It's my buddy Mason. So Mason, <laughs> he's not in Florida. Please tell me. It's not so Mason was on a like 30 day, rafting trip no internet no access in the grand canyon or something and so like uh they heard of the virus obviously in beginning of whatever month like february or end of january like they heard about it but it was just kind of a thing in china and then he gets off the river and it's like the world exploded he's kind of sitting there like i'm like fuck bro it was like him and like 20 people it was funny to see him on cnn though it's like um uh jared leto huh he was on a meditation retreat for 12 days, oh. came back and went, fuck, and went, yeah. went back, I think. I yeah, know. I would too. <laughs> fuck, I don't know what you do. Like, I, 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 we were talking about it last time, I forgot the name, but like some celebrity just like moves to Australia through the middle of this. Like, I don't know. I don't have the resources of like a Jared Leto or somebody, but like, what do you do if you do? Like, are you just disappearing to South America who has like the least cases or Africa or something? I don't or do know. you just li- lock the doors in your mansion and pray? <laughs> That's yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. And, <laughs> and again, it doesn't affect my life right now. Besides the anxiety of the financial stuff down the future and a little bit of the fear of my mother and stuff, um, but it's probably more directly affecting a few. Mm. But in the next couple of weeks, it's going to pretty directly affect all of us eventually. Now it's just thoughts. Yeah, I um, I will freely admit that I ordered one of those um, bidet toilet seats. Yeah, my mom said the 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 structured. Bidet toilet seats, right? Not the not the one the lid that you put on yours, like uh-huh. the one that you put in the ground next to your toilet, are uh-huh. sold out at Home Depot. Oh, I'm not surprised. These by people that. are going straight into construction mode to get their butts clean. 
That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I was still able to order mine off Amazon. It's supposed to be here in a couple of days. The toilet seat, I get. It's whatever, yeah. hundred bucks, and well, you change it. Whatever. I you got the nice a little bit one. more than yeah. that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but you get the whatever, and you change your top. This other one causes construction. Yeah, you got to like dig up your. Floors you need a wa- and, new water line. Yeah, and a new sewer line. Yeah, and, like I don't get it. Yeah, people are really people worried about their buttholes right now. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to find that that was a kind of a major shift in in um, uh, U.S. toilet habits for bidets, just for, to be a thing. Yeah, oh, maybe, for, or at least for the toilet seat ones. Well, uh, that's what's going on now. And and I, uh, my mom was watching. Is it Contagion? I think my mom was watching. She's like, "This is eerie. How like, similar to, it is to, to this." That. I haven't watched. It. I, I watched. I saw another speech by Bill Gates in uh, 2010. That's really eerie, and he's talking about exactly what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we sort of know what the contours of this stuff can look like right. under different scenarios. Right. Uh, I read a whole paper on epidemiology last night and, and like what what should be done at this point. And um, some places are going to are gonna do it. Some places are going to actually suppress it and other places are just not. So, yeah. Yeah. And even that, it's, I think it's even scary just because it's all, it's all prediction, right? Because we don't actually know this yeah. beast that well. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Bill Gates thing was really eerie and he got a little political in it, obviously talking about where our government's finances have been going over the last 20, 30 years, uh, and we're, we can shoot any nuclear missile out of the sky, but we can't handle what's going to hit us um, through bugs, basically. Right. Um, and it looks like he was pretty correct. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of things, I think, could literally change. Um, people are talking about schooling changing. Like, wow, like if we could pay less teachers as a school and and they only online stream their courses – there might not be schools anymore in 20 years. You know, like little yeah. things like this could, I mean, I don't know. That's a little extreme, but like you said, like bidets could all of a sudden be the thing in America, like online teaching. Think about like Peloton or whatever that bike is. They mm-hmm. only have like 10 instructors and they, they have, right. a, they have a hundred thousand people using a Peloton every morning. Yeah. So like probably more than that. Right. So if they, the government, they were down the street installing something at, at a neighbor's house, I thought about a Peloton right now is a great call, but Shout out to them. You guys are making money. You're one of the one things that can keep going. But you think about schooling and if like governments are worried about taxes and yep. parent, teachers not keeping paid in the, enough, you could pay one teacher 500K and they could teach every first grader in the planet. But they'll never pay them that. But I think the problem with online learning is that it is not as efficient in terms of uh, what people actually learn and the amount of time that they spend learning. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, studies are, are kind of shown that like college courses that are all online, people just don't retain the same stuff they're they're kind of in it's kind of a mill but the next question is does the government and the money even care about that do they really care about what you learn probably not yeah and and then but until society goes you know into a ditch because nobody knows anything we're in a ditch already talking about people's social issues and there's the whole other issue of you know parents need to work and the kid can't learn at home if he's six and just sitting at home well i mean he can but that's irresponsible yeah that's that's an issue too i don't know I, i watched uh uh Jimmy Fallon show. Have you been seeing it? No, he's been doing. Um, he's been doing like a fifteen minute show from home every day. Uh, Stephen Colbert like did a gig like that the first day, and he was like in his bathtub with like a webcam and uh, <laughs> AirPods on, and it, I think it was a fake bathtub with fake uh-huh. bubbles. And I was like, all right, this is like a five minute gimmick. But he did the whole show. I thought it was like a sketch, and then at the very least, I thought he'd be in the studio with no audience. But I think he did the whole show, the same thing from the bathtub. I was like, what the fuck? And the audio was kind of shitty. I'm like. I'm not going to watch this. This sounds like a 2007 YouTube video. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, uh, um, Fallon's is a little bit that way. It's like his wife was holding the, the camera, yeah. or like the phone, really, you know. That's funny. And uh, But 
I however learned that Jimmy Fallon's house is like a fucking cabin, and he has a slide that goes from the top floor to the bottom floor. I love that. Like I in, like in Jimmy Fallon. Floor. Out of all of them, I think he's probably the funniest. He reminds me of my friend Brad for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. I think it's his. And someone complimented him the other day, I think. I forgot what I was watching, if it was the clip or the show. But they're basically complimenting um, him. And like uh, they basically said um, – Jimmy, like you can't be like a narcissist. Like I, I can tell when I talk to you, like you, you're really interested in like what your guests are saying and stuff. And right. I think that's why you're a good host. And that's what I love about him too. You can tell he's really listening. He's asking real questions, mm-hmm. and then his laughing seems really genuine. Mm-hmm. And when he laughs, I just fucking die laughing for some reason. Same reason why he was funny on SNL. Like you just break yeah. character and just start cracking up, and it's just so funny. There's a thing about in, you know in in comedy about ske- in sketch comedy or in improv or whatever that if a if a person is so cracked up that they they can't continue or they keep breaking that makes people laugh yeah, every single time it's, so it's funny. A, it can be a cheap trick but if it happens yeah. like organically it's great yeah that's kind of like uh streaming too we fucking duped connor really hard the other day and me and kyle were dying i was crying i was just crying <laughs> laughing just because like it's just like so funny uh and it's kind of similar we're, we're not like acting but we're just genuinely laughing so fucking hard that you have to laugh with us. Yeah. Whether you think it's funny or not. <laughs> Another thing that I, that I am concerned about uh, in, in that, that may change is like I, I'm a big proponent of, of you know, urban cores and people living more, more closely together because yeah. it's, it's better for, for resources. Yeah. But uh, I read another article saying, you know, we might not – be able to predict this very well in the United States because our population density is not really similar to the other countries that we're looking for looking at. Yeah. Some cities for sure. Yeah, like, but it's way like different. New York City probably has the highest sure. um one of the highest population densities per square mile anywhere. Right. But um you know, it's like twenty eight thousand people per square mile or something yeah. like that. Whereas in the rest of the United States it's a lot lower than that. So our our contact with people is lower than in others other countries potentially. potentially i thought you were going somewhere else because because uh, i was reading um people talking about again what m- this may change in our culture or our future of a country uh-huh. uh it might it may get rid of cities um because of fears or whatever people might start moving further and further away um you know because like Who right knows? now right now we're, well, i was talking to connor on the way here shout out my boy calvin a really good friend growing up my best friend's cousin um he lives in San Francisco, and as soon as he heard like he can't really work, he has a cab a cabin in Donner. He's like, "Fuck it," he just bounced to Donner, and he's yeah. chilling out there. Like I was like, "Nothing sounds better than that." Like it's beautiful. You feel you fresh air. Mm-hmm. People aren't closed. The houses aren't closed. People aren't closed. You probably feel kind of nice. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just chilling up here." Yeah, I've actually seen quite a bit of that on social media. People yeah. it's like, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the cabin." Yeah, and, and Sacramento is a little different, where our urban core isn't that residential. Like. No, not that many people live in in our capital because like more like what thirty percent of our downtown is state working in capital like it's all yeah businesses. I think that the metro area is like two and a half million people or something like that yeah. and then the city limits is like a million and a half uh, no, I think it's less is it less than yeah that? I think Sac <clears throat> County or like uh, immediate Sac is like five hundred k people really yeah I, I think I'm sure it's more than I don't know it's pretty small it's all our it's all our freaking suburbs that stretch out forever. And then if you talk about like what we consider downtown, it's nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about like downtown Midtown. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nothing. The, nothing. Where, yeah, the area where you literal live. capital people are. <clears throat> yeah, there's um, nothing. I haven't I haven't noticed a lot still though. Like Costco Costco looked full, but the gas station at Costco was small. I said the Starbucks closed. And again, I haven't really left my house, but 
is what it is. Texting my mom, she's already sad. She's like, what if this goes on for a long time and we can't hang out? I'm like, well, it's going to yeah. go on for yeah, a long time. Yeah, that's what I told her too. It's... We're, we're, I mean, they're talking about two weeks. We're talking, we're looking at two months, even the, at least. Yeah, even the governor yesterday said uh, the date to end this is April 6th, but it's not going to end April 6th. Yeah. Like, we're going to extend that. He, yeah. he said we just give it a date. So it is a weird fucking time when you start to like really sit and think with it, which I'm actually trying not to do. And I don't know if it's healthy mentally or not at this point, but definitely using some escapism and hopping in video games and not trying to think. Because the one second I do start thinking of it, your head goes like real negative. You're like, fuck, man, like this is really weird you know like this is apocalyptic ish feeling mm-hmm. like the vibes are sending out and obviously the death toll and stuff isn't of that level but um if we don't handle some shit it could be yeah for sure um so our um our guest for this episode is going to be our expert is going to be someone who is a registered dietitian she's going to talk about um fighting or or maybe beating emotional eating and i think that like a lot of people are doing that very thing I, right I now i ate two bags of cheese it's in two weeks in two weeks, yeah. oh, and I'd be impressed if you eat them in two days. That's oh, I could. <laughs> well, part of the part of the two weeks, it wasn't opened. You know, I, oh, okay. I decided like, all right, we'll keep them there. The, the, I have big issues with this. Not, I, I don't. It's hard because when people think emotionally eating, you're like, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me, and I'm gonna eat ice cream. Like, it's not like it's that. It's not like that. And no. I'm not like that. But like when I'm stressed, when I'm bored. Like mm-hmm. bored's probably an emotion. Uh, we'll find out what the, her exact <laughs> qualifications are, but I'm like that 100. percent I've I've known this has been one of my biggest struggles, and I've talked about it. I think at least on the podcast, probably YouTube, that like maintaining weight is really hard for me. I can like go on a hard mission and like focus on uh, cutting, or I can go on a hard mission and focus on bulking right. uh, and lifting weights, but I can't like maintain. I don't know what eating like a normal human is. I guess, you know, like really. Yeah. Like my parents always had healthy dinners and we always had dinner. Like there's always like a little bit of rice, some kind of meat and some kind of veggie or something like generally balanced compared to what I think most American kids probably mm. get. My mom was really good, home cooked. Um, but my own personal like portion size was never like good and still not good. And so that's yeah, me. Can... And so this, this, and so I had that same thought when I sat alone after my escapism yesterday, I'm like, fuck everyone. I am making fun of everyone's home workouts, but I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? Like if I have six months, like. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to gain like 50 pounds. Like I got to at least like walk. Have you seen that TikTok that it's a, a, a guy, buff guy dancing around without a shirt on. And then it's like after the quarantine and he's, and it's a fat guy with yeah. b- big man boobs. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Like I, I same I, dance jiggling all over the place. Yeah. Like I think people are overstressing like, Oh my God, my deadlift in my gym, my gym's my sanctuary. Like, all right, man, there's bigger issues right now. I understand the gym's a big part of your identity and who you are, yep. but you got to look outside yourself. And I'm a little too extreme to that. I'm like, fuck, I got to take care of myself still too. Like I'm going to be real gross real soon. Mm. Uh, like I went up my stairs. I'm like, fuck, that was hard, you know? So like <laughs> I got to do something. Um, not worry about my deadlift PR or my six pack to get Instagram likes, but like some something is probably yeah. good. <clears throat> and just in terms of our answers to this question, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if I could, f- if I knew the answer to, to conquering uh, emotional eating, I, I would wait. 20, 30 pounds less. Yeah, same. And especially for me, it's like the late night stuff. You know, it's after 10 o'clock and I just want to... Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason, I just want to eat 
everything. Yeah, and, right? and I know I have an issue because you can always uh, you always self justify through the thing. I'm like, well, I'm busy. Like, I don't like food prep. Like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm 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 streaming. Then I'm YouTubing. Then I'm filming. Then I'm doing emails. And I have a meeting. It's all right if I just do a little Chipotle today. Or you know, like you can yeah. always self justify it so easily. Um, where if I really wanted to, I could obviously prep food. I have some time somewhere to prep mm-hmm. food in there, but it's, probably a lot of a lot of on your hands. Their time on your hands at the moment. Yeah, but that ten-hour <laughs> Call of Duty streams calling me. <laughs> how do you do, do you do you eat when you're streaming? Yeah, yeah, we'll just do a little mukbang midstream. Okay. Yeah, order in Chipotle, mukbang it out, back in the gaming, greasy hands and all. Nice. That's it. All right. Well, we're gonna endeavor to get an answer to our questions here um, with a registered dietitian. Um. So it's Jim and Mike. And uh, just can you just uh, tell us your name and your background just for our uh, listeners? Yeah, my name is Adrian Nye. I am a registered dietitian. Um, I am a certified diabetes educator, have a master's of science in nutrition, and uh, I focus on healthy weight and mindset coaching for my clients. So uh, we had talked about this topic and, and doing this, this emotional eating topic before everyone was suddenly at home and, um, and fearing for the state of the world. So uh, I guess maybe we want to talk about it in um, kind of two different scenarios, one being like normal life and then, um, uh, and then un- under situations where people are, are quarantined I haven't home. left my couch in four weeks and my closet's full of <laughs> Cheez-Its. What do I do? <laughs> okay. So the coronavirus aspect or the working at home kind of aspect. Yeah. 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 Very much so. I mean, a lot of us work at home and luckily I'm busy, but uh, Jim and I spoke um, previous and, and, and I'm for sure I'm non-diagnosed, whatever, whatever, but I got issues with food 100%. And and my parents raised me pretty good. You know, I told Jim, like, my mom's making home-cooked meals that are pretty balanced, some kind of veggie, a little bit of carb, a little bit of meat, you know, like, generally speaking, way better than the, the what I would consider the typical American diet. And still, for some reason, when I'm bored, when I'm anxious, when I'm playing video games or watching a movie, like, my hand needs to be on something snacky, you know? And I think yeah. that's the, so asking, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It's it's asking yourself why are you reaching for those foods at that time? Is it just a, a pattern, or it's just a regular routine that you're used to reaching for those foods when those times um, of boredom, or like when you're just so used to it, it's become a routine that you're reaching for those foods at those times that you're reinforcing it every day by doing it. And keeping the snacks near you as well in front of the TV um, or by your computer. Um, do you have a stash there? Is that the uh, type of questions? Uh, so, yeah. So typically what I try to do, and it's uh, maybe not healthy because we go the extreme the other ways, I'll just keep <laughs> no food in my house. That's my that's my answer to this. I'll keep oh, okay. no – I creep fat-free Greek yogurt in the fridge <laughs> and and that's it. Otherwise, it's it's downhill, yeah. you know, and that's and that and when yeah. I try to do a treat, I've made myself like little rules, and I'm you know I don't have there's extreme more extreme issues for sure. I'm pretty active and generally healthy, but uh, for the sake of the podcast, for right? now, uh, yeah, for now, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll do like the treats, like little rules. We're like, all right, I'm not going to buy a pint of ice cream and keep it in the fridge. If I'm going to get ice cream, I'm going to go get a scoop at a place, kind of thing, and set these kind of rules up. And I don't know if it's uh, 
you know, just a habit of boredom snacking or if it is a deeper root. Okay. Yeah. So first, um, by not having any treats at home, just having um, more healthier foods at home, you're, you're depriving yourself. And I hear that from a lot of my clients, actually, that they don't keep any of the snacks at home. But when they get a hold of the snacks, either at when they're if they're at work or if they go out, then they go all out on it because they're treating themselves. And that's when the, it, they go a little overboard, uh, like getting the extra scoop of ice cream or the extra side with their meal if they go out to eat um, or just getting a few donuts instead of like getting two or three donuts instead of one because they feel like they deserve it and they haven't had donuts for so long or that treat for so long that they just end up eating much more of it than they want. So I do recommend to have um, have some treats at home, um, some things that you do enjoy so that you're not depriving yourself if you really enjoy those foods as well. But making sure to asking yourself before you have them, um, why are you eating those foods? Are you eating them? Because it sounds like for yourself, you mentioned that you don't know if you're bored or sad. Is it you think about it before you go for it? Or do you just kind of, oh, I'll, I'll go for it. And then maybe you think about it in retrospect after, like a day or two after or like hours afterwards. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. I mean, I am bored. And, I am bored and sad. <laughs> I just don't know if it's causing me to eat or not. <laughs> Yeah, do you take the time to kind of think about it before you reach for the food? Probably not. And I was telling Jim this too, is like, uh, I'm so busy and, and I'm pretty well educated on nutrition and, and the general scheme of things, I think as well. You know, I've been in this fitness industry for a long time and chatted to a lot of really smart people, but um, obviously our own habits are often beyond our own knowledge mm. or like they, they, they bypass that. Um, and because I'm so busy, I was telling Jim too, is like, you'll I'll, I'll just go through the day. And it's one way or the other. Just like you said, uh, in your head, you're just like, man, I haven't eaten all day. Like, got to get some calories in. I got to work out later, right? I got a heavy squat session. Haven't eaten for six hours. Like, all right, we'll do double portions at Chipotle. Like, time mm -hmm. to go in. Um, and it's so easily justifiable, you know? Yeah. So maybe it's a matter of also making sure that you're scheduling your regular meals throughout the day as well. Uh, because if you're not, you, you know the we you know the foundations of nutrition sounds like you're very educated in that aspect but applying it for your lifestyle as well um so making sure that you do have those like whatever is regular for you breakfast lunch and dinner might not be regular for some people maybe having a later breakfast or a later snack and then having lunch and then having an afternoon snack and then dinner might be something that you works better for you or um and then making sure that you do follow those having some regiment into your um into your routine as well so you're not overly uh, gorging or indulging and getting like two chipotles at uh, a late time in the day because you're so hungry and then you kind of lose control because then you order the two chipotles and then maybe going out for ice cream after like you mentioned and then ordering uh, I don't know something like a pastry item after that as well just because you're so hungry you want to uh, be fueled for your workout. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's probably my number one thing is I, I, I don't love breakfast, so I don't eat breakfast. And then, yeah, it just trickles down the road. H how does someone know in the first place? Um, because e eating is kind of like an intimate thing in a weird way where like, yeah, you'll share meals with people, but that's like on occasion. Um, I, I don't know how the normal like American eats. Uh, I have a general idea of like how the normal like competitive bodybuilder eats again, because that's the like world we're kind of in. Yeah. But how, how do you know if you even have you know, a quote unquote issue with any of this to begin with, you know, because again, like I'm not like uh, overweight or unhealthy. I exercise and 
you know, if I went to a doctor, I'm, I'm pretty sure all my stuff would be pretty good. You know, I'm 31 and, and yeah. maybe my BMI is a little heavy because I'm, I have some muscle on me, but generally speaking, pretty healthy. But I, I just know because I'm uberly self-aware and because I'm in the industry, I don't have the best relationship with food. <laughs> but how does the normal person know um, if, if their habits are, are healthy or not? Um, that uh, So one thing that you can do is actually keep a journal of your food uh, for the day. So writing down what you're eating throughout the day. For I would suggest doing it for a few days, including a weekend day. And then writing down how you're feeling before the meal and how you feel after the meal. And, and write down what you approximately ate during the meal. So that gives you a, a way to evaluate what trends that you have and also see it from a like a very... Uh, close object, like a non-objective, um, so objective perspective. So making sure that so you're seeing it from not a retrospective. Oh, I think I did this, but it's actually very um, true to the point of how you're feeling at that moment. And because it's also easy to overestimate what you ate and what you think you ate as well, or what you didn't eat. Um, so having that kind of a journal would help um, evaluate what you're eating. So you think that maybe um, while everyone is um, <clears throat> at home without a whole lot of other things to do, that maybe stepping up those kind of efforts and um, and basic kind of tracking every day might be a better solution, and not to the point of obsession, but just to the point of um, of, of monitoring, because we are all definitely less active than we were, you know, a couple of days ago. Uh, so we're not burning as yeah. many calories, so we shouldn't really need as many calories either, right? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Even things like little things like walking to the bus stop or walking to the subway station. We're not doing those little things anymore. We're just working from walking from the bed to our uh, dining table or computer room or anything like something like that. So, yes, um, definitely working out, doing less activity and especially with the access to food being more available um, just a few steps away now versus um, it's being so convenient that we might be a lot of my clients are actually snacking a lot throughout the day that I'm finding um, because they're bored or they're stressed or it's just right there and it's just so much easier than to plan out their meals. So yeah, writing it down and taking note of how you're feeling throughout the day um, so you can take inventory of that and then review it after a few days to see if there's any trends and kind of nip that in the butt right away so that you know what's going on and how to plan your meals better since we're all at home and we have access to the food, which gives us that luxury. It's a good, uh, it's uh, both good and bad because it's the luxury of being able to cook healthy meals, but it's also giving us that luxury of being perhaps more, a little bit more lazy and not wanting to cook because we have snacks or we have food available all the time. Yeah, that's, um, that's an issue too for, for all of us is, is the food available all the time. And then I think that we maybe go to the store and we buy stuff that we wouldn't normally eat right now because, uh, again, we're stressed and we feel like we need to like treat ourselves or whatever, like, like, like eating junk is some kind of weird self-care for, for some yeah. folks. And that there's a, I know that there's an underlying psychology to that because it fucking happens to everybody, I think. Uh-huh. And it's okay if we want to eat sometimes, like, as a way of self-care, because we enjoy that food. But when it becomes a habit of, it's like, a lot of my clients at 8 o'clock, it's time to, dinner's done, they're watching TV for the next hour or two hours, and they're so used to having snacks with their TV watching. 
they just lose track of whether they just lose track of why they're snacking at that time um, as well. And, and, the enjoyment of those snacks because they're just used to having um, like Chex Mix or chips at that time and they just go through a bag or half a bag every night because that's what they're used to having but when I ask them do you even like the Chex Mix or the chips and they're like I never really thought about it it's just what I do when I watch TV right yeah just a just a habit of um, of um, eating that stuff I um I noticed that like <laughs> uh when I was at the store yesterday uh that like almost all the frozen pizzas are gone. That's what we grabbed. Oh uh, yeah. Emergency pizzas. You never know. <laughs> and uh, for me personally, it doesn't necessarily have to be something bad. My my issue is like, you know, after 10 o'clock at night I get get the munchies and I just want to eat everything in sight. And it isn't necessarily always bad stuff. It might be just more of of what I've already eaten during the day. Um and not may not be you know, it might be popcorn and, and not uh, um, and not ice cream, or uh, it might not. It might be. It might actually just be like protein or whatever. But just there's that that drive to to continue to eat, even to the point of like feeling uncomfortable. I mean, you must encounter that some with your with um, your clients where. Uh, people are are driven to eat until their stomach hurts for whatever reason, and and like, yeah. any insight on you that any insight from on <laughs> that from you would be great. Yeah, um, it's also that feeling of uh, comfort when they're so full as well. Um, they're so used to that 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 uh, feeling of their stomach being so full, uh, and they enjoy that feeling because they've had that feeling for so long, especially when they're coming from a diet from the Americanized diet where the sizes are so big that they're just so used to those type of portion sizes so their stomach is not used to having eating smaller foods smaller amounts of foods so um, that might be one of the reasons why as well and, and it makes them feel a sense of warmness and um, also a lot of my clients also coming from uh, families where their parents kept feeding them until they were that full as well and they're so used to being reinforced that sense of fullness for like 20, 30, 40 years as well. Um, and so dialing back on that, understanding how much food you need to eat for you to feel satisfied, but not to full to an extent where you're, you feel like you need to pass out after the meal and need to take a nap, um, which is a lot of what uh, many of my clients also feel like they need to do after they eat. Um, and also the, the components of the meal as well can affect that as well. Like if it's a really carb-heavy meal, it's definitely going to, play a role in terms of your blood sugar management um, and make you feel sleepier as well which is a lot, why a lot of my um, which is why a lot of people get that afternoon sunset at 2 to 3 p.m. like sleepiness right after lunch um, mm. aspect because a lot of people eat a really carb heavy lunch as well yeah that makes some sense what do you think the um, or do you know if there are any underlying um, emotional issues that get people into the uh, habit of emotional eating. Yeah, the underlying um, one common thing is work stress from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, stress um, after, especially after work, when they come home and snack um, right before dinner, uh, they feel stress from work. The commute from work home is also stressful. I know a lot of us are working at home right now, so maybe the slow internet is an issue as well. Um, getting into the CPN. Um, 
and that's causing them to stress eat. Uh, other things that also cause them to stress eat is dealing with their children. Um, putting their kids to sleep is another mm-hmm. issue uh, as well. Uh, and um, some people actually don't know what's causing them to stress eat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional issues like social issues as well. Um, one of my other clients was saying that she has dealing with some social um, issues with her boyfriend, like relationship issues, mm. well, which causes distress. Eat, um, yeah. Do you find uh, emotional eating or, or stress eating is um, what maybe starts the habit and the habit continues and that's like the only way we know how to kind of handle that stress? Or is it more like um, categorized or, or, or timely? Is it like – because stress, you know, work for me at least and I work for myself so it's kind of always stressful in a way. But uh, I'd imagine different jobs or different people kind of have stress like, oh, high stress – you know, if you were an accountant, you know, obviously – the springtime is going to be a lot more stressful for you than, than the winter or something like that. Um, does that tend to go away, um, the, the, the result yeah. of the, the overeating, or, or is it kind of stick around, sadly? Yeah. Um, I actually have one of my clients who's an accountant. She tells me that there are strings of time in the year where it's super high stress, that she just tends to eat more because of her work um, schedule. Um, so it does come and go. She's, um, there are times when – the triggers, she's so trying to get to the triggers of what she's, uh, what's causing her to stress eat, which is actually is the, the time of the year that causes her to stress eat, which is now in the fall. Um, she works for a corporation. So, um, it does make a difference in terms of that. In terms of, yes, in, ter- in terms of, uh, the work schedule. So, should we be looking at this as a um, as something that can be solved based on what you just said, or are we looking at it as a constant kind of check in maintenance sort of issue um, where people are are you know should be vigilant about about the um, feeling the emotional drive to eat? Even yeah, before- it's, it's both. Yeah, um, it's both because if it's there, there are maybe there's underlying issues that cause you to stress eat as well. Because one thing is like, uh, are you getting enough rest? Um, mm. Getting enough sleep, especially now, it's an issue. Um, I hear a lot of my clients they're not sleeping well, or they're not um, hearing from my clients and my friends and the family they're not sleeping as well because of what's going on. Even though they're not going to work um, mm-hmm. right now, so they have more time, but their their quality of sleep and then their ability to sleep isn't as good. So we generally need about seven to nine hours of sleep per night of good sleep. But right now, because of everything that's going on, they spend so much time watching the news or on the internet or reading or watching videos about what's going on in the world today. And it's just causing them so much anxiety and they can't sleep well. And this causes a hormonal spike, um, which can affect uh, your hungry state as well um so like the hormone is ghrelin and that can cause you to feel hungrier than uh normal and when you don't get enough rest you have also difficulty concentrating and you're more irritable as well and then those two factors combined can cause you to stress even more um as well and they're not taking the time to do self-care um as well so managing your stress and anxiety especially in this time uh, doing like meditation yoga or even just taking time to have a nice bath or going out for a walk um, are ways to manage self-care which I think a lot of people are 
not maybe not doing as much of right now or not taking that time to do as well. Um, so those can alleviate the anxiety, increase the anxiety right now. Um, and then there's no way that you're alleviating it. And then compounded with other things that are like the work stress. Um, so those are the things uh, compounded with the work stress causing the stress even more at this time now than normal. So maybe taking a reality check in terms of checking in with yourself throughout the day to see where you're, how you're feeling as well. So maybe uh, tip one and tip two are, are kind of the tracking or, or noting what you're eating every day um, to, to kind of physically, again, objectively kind of see what's going on. And then two would be to check in with yourself emotionally and maybe ask why and when uh, you're eating things. What are a couple other easy tips that um, people should maybe check in with themselves uh, to see whether they, they even need to pay attention to these things or perhaps how to, how to uh, adjust and fix some of them? Yeah. So um, also taking a, um, making sure that they're being compassionate to themselves as well. So if they if they ate more today and they emotionally ate um, more than they wanted today, letting themselves know that it's okay because a lot of people feel guilty about it as well because it kind of sabotages if they're if they're on a healthy eating or weight loss um, plan. It sabotages that and they do feel quite guilty about it, but make, telling themselves that it's okay. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. Understanding and then going back and looking at the journaling aspect, um, understanding why you emotionally ate today and how your plan is to better handle that in the future as well. Um, some of the other things you might want to do is also talking to, um, discussing this with your friends and family as well, talking about it when it happens. If you're feeling that sense of anxiety or stress, why if you writing it down, you still don't understand it, maybe reaching out to a friend or family and just discussing it further with them. So maybe they can help you kind of um, find the root of that cause and talk about that, talk through that issue with you as well. Do you, just in your opinion, do you think that people should be maybe limiting how much we're exposing ourselves to everything that's going on in the world to just a couple checking in a couple of times a day to find out what we should personally be doing instead of maybe obsessing and tracking over every single thing that's going on in the world? I'm completely guilty of this myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have some clients and some of my friends are actually on their phone all day giving me the latest on what's happening, the coronavirus, what, uh, what's, what's happening locally, what stores are now closed, um, what stores are reducing hours, and also on a global or uh, on a national and global scale, how, what's the new death count, what's the new um, infection yeah. rate count. Uh, it's very anxiety, uh, it's very stressful for that person, and then they start thinking about their family, and um, they start thinking about their parents who don't live in the same, live in a different, uh, in Canada, who live in a different province, um, and worrying about them and then starting to worry about their kids who were earlier this week, they were at school, um, and how that's going to affect them. So it does bring a lot of anxiety. And I can sense it too, because I'm, I'm pretty calm about the situation right now. Um, but when I was around people like that, um, one of my coworkers was like that earlier this week, and I found it extremely stressful. I, I was starting to get anxious and starting to think about those situations as well, but I know that everybody's okay, everything's okay for my family as well, and I can't, there's only so much I can control as well, so losing sight of um, making sure that you don't lose sight of that as well. There's only so much you can control, and we're doing all the right things like social distancing. Um, and so making sure, yes, making sure that you do have those planned breaks so that you don't overwhelm yourself with the information because there is only so much that we can control and we're doing our best to control what we can 
and, and giving yourself um, that self-compassionate aspect to understand that. Um, I guess the other thing is that uh, a number, a lot of people have been basically been just hoarding stuff, and so they have more than a normal amount of food in their house, uh, and. Yeah. And at this point, that die is cast, right? I mean, they, they have this stuff in their house at this point. So um, I guess maybe tracking at that point would, would help them um, uh, be less likely to tear through their uh, to their their larder, their storehouse of supplies um, quickly and be, you know, gain 15 pounds in the first two weeks of this thing. Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First, we don't want to be hoarding because it's not good for your neighbors who don't have the food or right. who actually need the food. Um, but yes, it's yes. Um, we don't want to be eating all the food that we hoard in the, within the first couple of weeks. Of that, <laughs> that just <laughs> it ruins the whole aspect of having that extra storage of food. Um, but yes, tracking it, understanding why you're eating those foods, tracking it would be a good idea. Also, putting the food out of sight as well, because okay. the, sometimes, oftentimes, the more we buy, the more we eat as well. I'm not yep. sure if you realize that. You notice that yourself when we buy like a massive Costco size bag of chips, we end up eating the same, the bag of chips in the same time. We might buy a regular size bag of chips um, as well. So uh, portioning sizing that, and then also putting it away so you're not actually seeing it um, visible uh, in your line of sight when you're working at home. Yeah, I never really thought, I guess, how big of a deal that is for a lot of people because I've worked for myself and from home for so long. Yeah. But for the majority of people, they're not used to having their pantry stare them in the face all day. <laughs> they're used to looking at a cubicle or something, you know? Yeah. So it could uh, yeah. highly affect them. I, I will say that, like, when I back when I had a um, an office job, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I never thought about eating anything at, you know, a 10 o'clock coffee break until I had a 10 o'clock coffee break. And then sure. it was an issue of, like, oh, I should need to go find. It's like, I need to find me a muffin right now yeah, or a yeah. bagel or whatever. And I wasn't even hungry, but you know, you're at work and work is always stressful. And, and I think that at home, yeah. it, it just, that, that same sort of thing exists, except that it's all day long. Uh, <laughs> I could take a break at any time and I'm not going to upset anybody. And, and uh, here we are. Or if you yeah, work at Google, <laughs> Google's got snack bars every freaking corner. I took yeah. a tour of Google New York last year or something. You're walking around. They've got delicious food staring at you the face every single corner. I'd be done for. <laughs> I wonder if – I don't know whether – I don't know whether Google is uh, actually have, has people in-house. You'd think they'd have a lot of people working from home. Right, right now, now, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so uh, any any – Great other takeaways that we haven't covered so far for our audience on on this topic under normal circumstances and under these crazy ones as well. Um, let me. I can't think of anything else. Um, taking no, I can't think of anything else. I think we covered a lot of aspects of it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Instagram. So it's Adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, period R-D, so for a registered dietitian. And also on my website, which is www.adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, R-D.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Hopefully this will help uh, both of us and the people who are listening who are sitting around at home um, thinking about snacks. Yeah, thanks so much yeah, for your uh, 
Thanks so much for your time and uh, chatting with us. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to give us a rating and review if you can. iTunes, all that, it helps a lot. I'm Silent Mike, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. I am at the Jim McD on all the social medias. Follow the show on Instagram. Uh, we are 50% facts, where percent is a word. And check out my YouTube where I have posted some uh, older, long, older videos from 2000. 7 2008 of the geared powerlifting area era and uh, we'll talk to you next time